Getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you are willing to pay. It's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket-buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone. It's by far the easiest way I have found to shop for tickets. I use it to go to a football game just last week. Best of all, fantasy-focused baseball listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code FFB today. That's promo code FFB for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. This is it, and um... it's the final week. Da, 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 da. Hi. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Focus Baseball Podcast. Here are your hosts, Tristan Cockroft and Eric Carabell. Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball from Monday, September 24th, 2018. This is it, final week of the 2018 season. I am Eric, he is Tristan, and we have producer Anthony Kaladiud pushing all the right buttons as we wind things down. Tristan, this is it, and... Um... It's the final week! Da, 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 da. Hi. <laughs> We well, haven't heard that in a while. That. We gotta, we gotta, you know, we gotta celebrate well, this can... last week. It's the critical, you know, league-winning week for most. <laughs> Some leagues are over. <laughs> you can only sing that song once a year, though. But you sing it so well. I appreciate you singing it so well. <laughs> Thank you for that. I don't I, know I, that I, I, I agree, but <laughs> I'm sure that the dozens of people listening to the show agree that they love when you sing. I do. I think it's one of the highlights of the show. Are there any other shows? Now I know that um, Anthony, you do a lot of podcasts here at ESPN. Are there other shows in which one of the hosts with the talent actually sings on the air? No other podcast other than the Fantasy Focus Baseball has the dulcet tones of Tristan H. Cockrock. And that, my friends, we call an exclusive. <laughs> okay. Well, let's exclusively move on to the buzz now. All right, my singing partner, let's uh, let's prepare people that still have something to play for for the final week of the season. Your forecaster was expertly done for all, what is it, 26, 27 weeks this season? I lost count. And um, how many weeks was it, by the way? It was 25, but two of them were the extended weeks. The first week and then the All-Star break week. There you go. So give us some hitters that maybe fantasy managers aren't thinking about for this final week of the season, keeping in mind, of course, that the American League races are pretty much over. The National League, there's going to be one unhappy team among the other teams that aren't already. Phillies needed to sweep the Braves. They got swept. Nice work, fellas. Um, but, you know, keeping in mind who is actually playing for something and who we can pick up. Yep. So as far as the races, to give the quick synopsis on this in the American League, the only things that really matter are can the A's catch up in the American League wild card or the West race? 
but I think the AL is pretty much locked down. So there's not a lot of motivation. It's mostly coming from the National League. And the point I made in the forecaster was I want the motivated teams. I know I'm going to get a full slate from all those teams, and they're not going to change plans, which means teams like the Rockies playing at home all week at Coors Field. Great opportunity here. And David Dahl, a player who, because they're playing a lot of right-handed pitching, they're facing some of those uh, National League East uh, opponents that are very right-handed David Dahl is a good player to pick up because the Rockies are using him almost exclusively against right-handed starting pitchers. The Cardinals, who I've noted, actually don't have a good schedule at all. The Cardinals have the toughest path to the playoffs, so if they get there, kudos to them. And the Brewers within that same division. They're the three teams most motivated in this case. Uh, I did go to a couple other teams here in that. The Phillies, I know, eliminated, sorry, Eric, from contention. They still do have a very good favorable schedule here because they play some of the games of cores. They play a Braves team that really is just interested in seeding or aligning a rotation. So Roman Quinn's an interesting pickup from that team. The Twins, an eliminated team, have a very good schedule. I've noticed that they are playing most of their regulars, no-name guys, uh, a fair amount. I actually picked up Jake Cabe in the office league because I needed a guy who's going to play every day. I think Jorge Polanco, I've seen him out there in a lot of leagues, a worthwhile pickup. And to throw you one last uh, good hitter for the week, I like that the Padres again face a lot of lefty pitchers, which means Franmil Reyes should help you in the final week. You know what's amazing to me? Like, I remember seeing J.K. We saw him play in the minor leagues, didn't we? We did. And and he didn't have a lick of power. I, I remember looking, watching him. Well, he ended up hitting for power last season. But when we saw him a couple of years ago, I guess it was a Trenton. Yep. I was like, it's a nice, nice little player, can steal a base. But, you know, how's he going to translate to the major leagues? He's Look at all the home runs he's hit. 12 home runs in the major leagues for the Twins this season. Yep. Slugging 467. Now, he's not taking any walks. He didn't really have a lot of play discipline in the minors. It's just amazing. Like, when you look at players in the minor leagues, how they translate, they almost all hit for more power in the majors because of the different baseball. Jake Cave, yeah. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of why I added Daniel Palka in the same league that you added Cave. Good pick I just up. need power to hold on for third place. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, most of, most lineups in this case are going to be contextual. It's going to be what categories do you need to chase? So the office league I mentioned there, for me, I need RBI. That's the only place I can move. I need saves. I've got to try and catch you and save, so I'm going very heavy on closers. So it doesn't necessarily come down to who's the best player. It doesn't come down to who's on the best team and has the best matchups. Those teams might not be playing their regular play. I had a person ask a question about the Indians and Edwin Encarnacion. Should I play him this week? I mean, the Indians have nothing to play for this week. There's no motivation. I think I had a tight butchery in that league to hold you off in saves. If you need some uh, players that are hitters here that are available, Daniel Palka, I mean, he might hit 30 home runs this season. Uh, Adalberto Montesi is still available in a lot of leagues. Williams Astadio of the Twins. You know, you're Luke Voigt. I don't know how they can sit him at all in the playoffs. Lefty or righty pitcher. I mean, great power he's been hitting for. He didn't do that with the Cardinals, but... He's doing it now. Joey He's Wendell's playing still every day. They're, they're moving him in there, and, and Bird, I think Bird had won at that in the past week. And by the way, don't, do, don't be afraid to drop players who you might have drafted in the third round or whatever, or that helped you all year. Like, Diego Gregorius is done. He's not going to play the re- this week. He might not play in the playoffs either. Uh-huh. So drop Diego Gregorius. Yeah. Um, Carlos Correa and Chris Bryant. You don't realize Correa is hitting 174 since the All-Star break and 195 in home games. I don't even know why the Astros would play him this week. Obviously, he has a back injury. He's admitted that. The manager has. Chris Bryant with the shoulder. Clearly not healthy, but they do need him so they can at least win the division. I, you, you drop guys like that. that if they're not going to help you and you're not going to use them, cut them. Yeah. Right? 
That's that's the key. And as a matter of fact, in all of my leagues where I was making these moves for the final week, it really doesn't matter whether you keep a guy who got you to this point. If you're not going to play him in the final week and it's a weekly lock, you don't need him. You can cut him. It's not a problem. Nobody can pick him up and use him against you because the season's over. Yeah. I, I, by the way, by I wouldn't way, play Brian. I, would, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking about I it in the office either. league. I almost cut him based on only the timing of when our fab ran, which was 5 on, uh, five Eastern on Sunday. I kept him just because I can wait until 7 o'clock for the games on Monday night. But if if I needed him today, if I could make a move, yeah, he'd be on my cut list. Um, all right, we'll get to the pitchers a little bit later on, um, as we normally do. Let's move it along now. Anything from this past week that we weekend that we should discuss? I'm looking at the player radar for the past week, and you know, it's hard to tell with some of these guys. I mean, obviously, we've been talking about Mondesi and Whit Merrifield quite a bit. Tommy Pham has been terrific with the Rays. I don't know why he wasn't with the Cardinals, but he he is now. Luke Voigt with all this power, you know, he wasn't doing it as a Cardinal, but Kyle Hendricks kind of turned his season around. Um, anything, any, any like thing that you noticed over the weekend that you'd like to discuss? Uh, not a lot stood out there other than as I, we were saying a minute ago, just the way that the playoff races are boiling down. So it's really a question of, do we want to talk about guys for next year? I mean, you know, like everybody's going to talk about Blake Snell and the quest for the Cy Young. I, I mean, that's an exciting story, but it doesn't have a lot of relevance in fantasy because he gets potentially one more this year because he gets one more start. They could always shut him down, keep him on a pitch count, which is going to be common in the weekend. I mean, you know, we've mentioned before, is he a top 10 starter for next season? But mostly I'm thinking about the minor things. I mean, uh, pitchers being shut down. I'm looking at the Pirates getting eliminated. Joe Musgrove got shut down for the year. I have Jamison Tyone, a ton of shares. Is he going to lose that final start over the weekend? I, I think that's kind of like the big big push for me this final week. Yeah, I think that's fair. In my in my uh, history of playing, not a whole lot happens to change the standings in the final week. That's not to say it never oh, does. that's Only- not true. We've talked about the close races, you and I. Yeah, but that, that wasn't a result of, like, a major shift in the final week. You know, I, I wasn't up five points on you in that, you know, when – who is it that hit the home run? You know, like Jimmy Rollins hit the three-run home run on the final day. It wasn't. It, it wasn't like, oh, I had this one and then I didn't. Okay, I mean, I, I noticed that like if you're behind by like a couple points in the final week of the season, it's really hard to make it up right. because a lot of these hitters and pitchers don't perform you know, half as much as they would in a normal week. So yes, that's all I'm saying. Unless you're on the other side, there is the scenario by which you might have a, a somewhat handy lead coming in. And if you're the one who has players who aren't playing or are hurt or struggling lately, you could be in trouble. But I agree with you. Not a lot changes otherwise. It's, it's more a matter of yeah. if one person's lucky enough to get guys who are motivated and playing and the other does not. So in the past couple of, in the past week or so, I named my MVPs like I do every year in my blog entries. Uh, Blake Snell, what a season! I mean, that's that's an amazing season, especially from where he came from. And the MVPs for the last couple of seasons that I named in blogs, they were all hitters. Um, I named my hitter today, and you know he's an MVP candidate in real life as well. But for the last three years, the MVPs I thought, based on acquisition cost on draft day, were Whit Merrifield. Uh, Jonathan VR for that amazing 2016, and AJ Pollock the year before. I think this year it's got to be Blake Snell. Um, you know, barely drafted in leagues, 22nd, 23rd round. I mean, I named a hitter in the blog entry today, but what a year for Blake Snell! Just fantastic. And um, you know, what do we learn from that? You know, I don't know what you can learn from that or who the guy who I named as the MVP hitter. I mean, like some guys, give me a name or two that you would say could make that next step up. Uh, he's already a top hundred player, okay? Like Yelich has made that next step up. 
like Javier Baez has made that next step up with Merrifield for all people. Anybody else you can think of that just jumps to your mind that you say, wow, you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if that guy's a top 10 fantasy option next year. I hate right. to put you on the spot, but no, no, like, that's okay. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying uh, to think of somebody that's, they're not like a top 20 player on the Raider right now. Okay. It's a hitter. Okay. It's got to be a hitter. It's always right. a hitter. Like Ben Intendi was my guy this year. And right. he ended up coming a little bit short of that because he didn't do a whole lot in the second half of the season. But like, hey, Eugenio Suarez of the Reds, if he stays healthy, that's a guy who could have 40 home runs. That that guy could be a top 20 player next year, Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez. Okay. I'm, uh, Castellanos? I, I actually think of Suarez more as the, the, the sneaky, reliable kind of guy. I don't know that there's a lot more growth there. I think it's that people just aren't paying attention to him. So from that aspect, I think he'll be potentially undervalued just because nobody gives him appreciates him for exactly who he is uh on the hitting side bregman's already there Tor- so that's, that's a guy i would have mentioned who glaber torres glaber torres really or acuna yeah. he's already there though probably uh there was an there was another oh geez i'm trying to think who it is i think it was a shortstop matt chapman i could see making that step up um i feel like yasiel puig is a little bit like strasburg one of these years it's going to be an nba He's going to stay healthy, put it all together, and put up monster numbers. I don't know when. You know who could do that? I, you're going to laugh. Ahmed Rosario. Ahmed Rosario has the potential here. Like we've been talking about Montessi of the Royals. Well, it seems like Rosario is pretty similar, but with a higher batting average. Floor and ceiling. Like, Rosario could end up hitting 16 home runs and stealing 45 bases. It's kind of what we think Montessi can do. I would, wouldn't you draft Rosario over Mondesi? Yeah, Rosario, you know, to be honest, I, I kind of, since we talked about Mondesi, feel a little bit better about Rosario's overall skills from a long-term perspective. So that one is at least as interesting to me. I'm pro- and I don't think I even ranked him as high, but I like that, that, that nomination there. Um, taking a quick look through, uh, through my other ones. I'm trying to find who that middle infielder was. It's going to drive me up the wall. Besides Glaber Torres, I had a, did, was it a shortstop? Let's get that shortstop for you. Nope, I have no idea who it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, I, I could have sworn that I had a, an infielder who I had ranked pretty generously, and I'm going through it, and I'm 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 not finding who it is. Nick Castellano still right. got got a pretty good uh, rating there. Nobody's going to draft Tigers next year. I don't know why. Castellanos is fine. I can't name another Tiger I want to draft. But so a shortstop. Let's figure, try to figure this out. A young shortstop. That's who you like? It, it was one who, when I ran the... the I, I did a very rough projection. It was more based on the three-year averages for players. And he he, he graded very well based Corey on the... Blanco? Th- no. no, I don't think it was. Oh, right, you figure it out. It might have actually might have been Rosario. Yeah, and looking at looking at the ranks the way I have them right now, it, it was Rosario. And I do have Rosario ahead of Mondesi. All right, so Tristan's rankings are already posted. He is so uh, so strong at ranking players and so eager to get ahead for next year. I'm looking at your top ten here. Now, they're free. You can all check them out. They're not like mine. And I, I don't see any surprises here, to be honest with you. I mean, I guess Altuve is still in your top ten. Mild surprise. Uh, Chris Sale over Max Scherzer. Why would you do that? Age, five years younger? Is that why, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, and and I asked myself that several times as I was putting together the final draft. I could really go in either direction here. It's just there's something I like. Sale is just better for me for strikeouts than anybody else out there in the game. He's magical in that one category. And if I'm going to have to choose between very, very closely ranked top guys, I'm going to take that. Um. Okay, I guess that's fair. I mean, doesn't I mean Sale does well? Scherzer has more strikeouts, but Sale missed a couple starts. But like, 
on a per game basis, isn't Scherzer better than Sale for strikeouts? Or no? The difference of six starts. It's volume and th- this 60 year. strikeouts. It, it was right, volume so this year. Sa- like, like to me, I, th- I think Sale is a better bet for 300 strikeouts if two, the two of them are given an equal workload next season. I that's would take fair. Sale getting there first, and that's that's all it came down to. And to me, you know, I'm going to mix and match every pitcher. I really don't care about missed time. If a guy throws 25 starts and gives me elite numbers every one of those starts, I'm going to take the guy. By the way, I figured out who it was. I was looking at the uh, the rest of your previous file. The player was Vlad Guerrero. <laughs> Well, we all like him, don't we? He's in my top 100 for next year. I think he should be. And I think, you know, people are going to overrate the fact that the Blue Jays will probably keep him on the farm for another two weeks once the season starts. But it's like what happened to Chris Bryant a couple of years ago. He missed the first couple of weeks, and then he still had a great season. I, Vlad Guerrero at 90, I think that's fair. I mean, I'm going through your list here. Other thoughts that just jump out to me, okay? And I, I'm not picking on you. I mean, you're, no. you did rankings. I didn't. So I, I like the discussion. Let's 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 get to it. Trey Turner outside your top ten, whereas this year he wasn't. Any reason for that? Are you concerned? No, not so much that, other than I feel really good about this young, in-their-prime core up in the top, I'd say, 15 overall players or so. And I would say from about 4 until about 16 in those rankings, it was razor thin, the margins between them, at least initially. I'm going to do the, 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 the deep research on each of these players, so I, I'm, I'm, I feel firm on each of those. And, of course, we'll see where guys like Manny Machado land. But it was close between them. Uh, Aaron Judge at 13 and his teammate John Carlos Stanton at 28. Why the big difference? Um, yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of that was uh, just came down to projections, and I, I, I guess for for the most part, I worry a little bit more about Stanton's durability year over year than I do about Judge's. I know Stanton showed a little bit better in that regard this year. Uh, I, I feel like Judge's. I don't know. I like. I don't feel right saying this. To me, watching him, I feel like his his raw contact, the quality of the contact, is greater, and it fuels the batting average. But again, I I, I don't know. I feel awkward saying that. It's a it's a good question. No, I'm just going through these. Whatever I see that's interesting to me. Sure. Um, top ten picks from this year: Chris Bryant and Carlos Correa. They fall to thirty and thirty three. Are you concerned about their health long term? Not really, no. I, I'm a little bit more concerned about Correa meeting the initially, or, and this is early in his career, the initially projected ceiling. Brian has shown us an ability to be an MVP candidate. Correa, I, I think he's shown hints of it. I don't think that he's shown us enough of a large sample of doing that. And, you know, I mean, like, they're, they're still both ranked as fourth-round picks in the standard ESPN context. So maybe I'm, I feel like if you're, you're asking me between the two, I think I've overranked Correa. Um, your closers, uh, Kenley Jansen is the first closer off the board, number 52, Edwin Diaz and Kimbrell in the same round. Is that too generous for closers? Especially when, uh, Kimbrell could move on and Jansen we know is having off-season like heart surgery of some sort. Right, right. And, and Jansen's still at an amazing year considering how many obstacles he had this year. The hurdles that he cleared. I mean, if you look at his final numbers, he had an extraordinary year and we should credit him for that. That's how good a pitcher he is and how low risk he is, at least in terms of the games that he gives you. Statistically speaking there, uh, are they ranked too high? One of the reasons why they end up in this range is that their value relative to replacement at the position. And by the way, if you look at the guys in the, the number 20 relief pitcher range, they're a lot less attractive going into this offseason than I can ever remember in this game. That's a lot of the, I mean, that, that does do an awful lot to give a bump to guys like Jansen and Diaz who are locked in. Um, 
But so you've got Edwin Diaz really high, but Blake Trinan not. He's the seventh relief pitcher at eighty. Why do you trust Diaz's numbers for this year, but not Trinan's? The case. It's nothing more than the case. I, I just think Diaz um, misses more bats. Whit Merrifield, number sixty-three. I mean, what more does he need to do? He's going to lead the American League in steals for the second consecutive years. Powers fine, batting average five, category player. He's number sixty-three for you. To me, he's like number forty. Yeah, and I, and I mean, I might get behind him being at forty. I when I watch him play, I just don't think he's a mega star, but he's done it numerically speaking, and that's the kind of thing that's like the research project for me. All right. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I'm just off the top of my head. This is the first time I've looked at him. Vlad Guerrero at 90, I got to be honest with you. There are a number of players in the 20 before him that I would take Vlad over. Just on the chance he's a monster superstar. Like, I think I'm ready to – I would take him over Tim Anderson, Ender Inciarte, a bunch of these pitchers, certainly all the closers. Um, like, Edwin Encarnacion at 81 and Vlad at 90, I think Vlad can do that and more now. I think okay. Vlad can have an Edwin season – as soon as next year, with a higher batting average. So I would be willing, and this goes against everything I've ever done, I suppose, in fantasy baseball, to take a rookie who's never played in the in the league over a guy like Edwin, who is, what, seven consecutive seasons of 30 home runs? I think I will rank Vlad over Edwin. Is that crazy? No, not necessarily. And, I mean, this is a little bit of the eye test coming into play, and the eye test does matter. The scouting that we do watching players and knowing what they can bring to the table, his upside is tremendous. So... Asking this question is valid, and I'm with you on this in terms of the ceiling. When I look at this rankings, we when we talked about Edwin Diaz a minute ago, 55. That is exactly the point at which I could see Vladimir Guerrero being worth the draft pick. If you truly believe in him, if you think he will be there on opening day, I think he has the ability to be right up there. And that's the range where on the hitting side, Glaber Torres is, Nicholas Castellanos is, and Jose Abreu is. I think pretty highly of them. The problem is that from a projection standpoint and a playing time perspective, they could keep him in the minors for two plus months next season. I have to keep that in mind. I mean, yeah, he could no, that's fair. He could deserve a 225 ranking. I I just want people to be right now all in. People would revolt if if Vlad is not in the majors by the end of April. Um all right, so your first catcher comes in at 97. That's interesting. D. Gordon at 105, where he was like number 30 this year. That's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Josh Hader, the number 11 reliever. Um, I think that, I don't know what I'm going to end up with him at. I feel like he should be top 10, but he can't do that again, right? With all the wins and the strikeouts and the saves. I mean, even the saves is just too high of a total there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to get Ahmad Rosario into my top 100. Um Wow, Robbie Cano at 129. That's interesting. Yep. Buster Posey after that. We have yep. never seen that before. <laughs> uh, good for you. Billy Hamilton, 138. Otani at 142. But I guess if he's not pitching, that takes away half of his value in a fantasy league. So you've got him, um, wow, um, 142. So you have him after hitters like Stephen Piscotty, Billy Hamilton, Ian Desmond, Miguel Andujar. That's interesting. I don't yeah. know how he ran. Like, 500 at-bats, 25 home runs, 80 RBI. Is that where that goes? Uh, That's another guy who you can make the case he belongs at 50, and you can make the case he belongs at 600. And a a portion of that is going to come down to the the debate we're going to have to have internally about how is he valued for next season. He's going to be drafted as a hitter, period. 
nothing else, unless somehow he decides not to do the surgery. Uh, he's going to be a hitter alone. So is he going to get graded only on the hitting stats, but he'd still have starting pitching eligibility? These are all things that, and this goes to any fantasy service out there. Everybody's going to have to have this discussion, like what is he being treated as? How can he be used? It was the question coming into this year. But for me, I think he comes back, plays a full year, plays more next season because he's capable of playing on an everyday basis. But will he be ready for opening day? This is another guy who maybe they hold him out until Memorial Day. Maybe they give him only 300, 350 PAs that diminishes his value. So I don't know. I hate to sit on the fence with that rank at 142. I hate to do it. All right, let's get to the combo meals. Hey, it's a combo meal. All right, last Thursday was Michael Brantley, who has been a really valuable player this year, considering batting average and you know five-category stuff. Hunter Dozier, uh, maybe a guy for the future. I'm not so sure. Um, on Saturday, Trey Turner with his fourth combo meal of the season, which ties, uh, which trails only Trevor Story and Mike Trout. Christian Yelich on Sunday had his fourth. Hunter Renfro, interesting player. Hunter Renfro is a really interesting player. That could be a 30-homer, 10-steal guy. 35-homer, at least. Now, Renf- how do you feel about the Padres? How do I? Uh, I kind of like what they're doing from the building angle. I mean, if you want to look for for you know sneaky Astros from a couple years back, Braves this year, Yankees last year, I suppose, and you know like a, a complete rebuild where you're bringing in new personnel. I kind of like what the Padres are doing. They could be one of the more intriguing teams like that. Renfro, I, I just worry about batting average. That's all. But the power is totally legit. Did you rank any other rookies? I'm trying to go through them real fast I and did, see. Yes. But and where did you like put them? Because like I'm thinking mostly like obviously Vlad's awesome. Eloy Jimenez should be in the major leagues for the White Sox next season. Um, oh, Jimenez is an oversight. I've got to put I've got to put Eli uh, Eloy in there. He should be ranked. Well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would think Eloy would be not where Vlad is, but maybe like 150. Yeah, that's got to think he's ready for the majors. Yeah, that's about right. And and for those who have seen the initial draft of this, that's just an oversight where sometimes what happens is I, I don't get to pull the projection in because if the guy didn't have MLB time, it doesn't do the, the formulas right. Uh, Nick Senzel was the one. Nick Senzel was yeah. 188 and third baseman 21. Man, where does he play? And I don't want to get into the game of thinking, well, I don't want to draft him because where is he going to play? Scooter Jeanette is the number 20 hitter for the season on the player Raider. And Suarez ain't going anywhere, mm-hmm. and I, none of those guys can play shortstop. So I don't know what happens to Nick Senzel next year, but I'm going to be very interested to see. How about, uh, hello, right. Scott Kingery? You know, I wrote a little bit about Kingery today, and I said, what does he have, like eight homers and ten steals? He can easily double those numbers next year. I can't explain why he was so bad this year, but that is a future 2020 guy. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I agree with he you. Is. He will be a very good value next year because nobody's going to pay any sort of premium for him. I'm I'm definitely going to take a couple of shares there wherever I can. But in terms yeah. of na- bringing up the name, the other is the lesson as it applies to Senzel. Uh, there was no place to play Scott Kingery this year. Oh, yeah. It happened. Looking at the schedule, there's a doubleheader on ESPN Plus today, Monday. Um, who are the Yankees going with today, or does it does it matter? They're supposed yeah. to go with Severino, Luis Severino, but they do want to get their other starters rest, and they are now focused on what to do about the rotation for the postseason. So it is possible it is Sonny Gray. All right, so Yankees raise uh, in Tampa tonight, and then the second game is Clayton Kershaw and Robbie Ray. Wow, how about that as a matchup? Yep. And Arizona is eliminated from playoff uh, competition, but the Dodgers are not. Um, Kershaw, who not in my top tier. 
and he's not in your top tier. Correct. Are we, are we like we could easily be wrong there. I suppose. Well, let me ask. I don't know what your top tier is. Your top tier could be seven pitchers. What's your top tier of starting pitchers next year? Who would you say has to be in it? So I would draw the line at. I mean, I can make the case Kershaw belongs in it. I would draw it at Degrom, who got up to that level. I think going into so Degrom next year. joins Kluber, Scherzer, Sale, yep. and then Kershaw starts the second tier. He's your starting pitcher five with Nola. Um, Garrett Cole, Syndergaard, Blake Snell, ninth, and Verlander, 10th. I probably have Verlander a little bit higher than that. Mm-hmm. Um, Severino at 11. I can't put Severino at 11. I can't. This second half has bothered me way too much. I don't know if he was hurt or if it was mechanical, but I have more like 16th to 18. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the highest I can go. I can but. see that. I think it's really a question of, of there, there's a few factors that come into here. It's the raw stuff, it's the durability, and it's the strategic angle. And uh, Kershaw comes into play with that because I'll give him 25 starts on a projection. The numbers weren't quite the you know all-time great stats of two or three years ago for him this season, but they're still very good. And is that important to me? I mean, like, maybe I'm in a league where taking the guy who gives me, you know, like, only guys who give me 25 starts and all of them are, are outstanding is the right way to go. I, I, I don't know. League context has so much weight nowadays in fantasy. If you want a streamer today, I'd say Sandy Alcantara of Miami and Derek Holland of San Francisco at home against the Padres look like nice ones to me. Um, on Tuesday, a doubleheader on ESPN, Yankees raised with no starting pitchers mentioned. I'm not even going to guess. Dodgers and the Diamondbacks, Walker Bueller. Wow, probably his last start of the regular season, or maybe not. I don't know what the Dodgers are thinking uh, against Matt Koch. Um, if you're looking for a streamer, I guess Chris Stratton against those Padres again. Um, Austin Gomber against the Brewers, probably not. Not the Brewers. They're still playing. Yeah, and the fact that Gomber does have that questionable control at times makes me wary of that. I mean, he's facing Geo, so that's a game that is a little bit up for grabs. Yeah, Tuki Toussaint. At the Mets? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I know it's against Syndergaard. I, I get that, but I, I like Toussaint. I can't believe Syndergaard's still pitching. I mean, honestly, why are the Mets still throwing him out there? Or DeGrom, for that matter. DeGrom should be stopped right now. I mean, he, he won why? the Cy Young. Why? Because the Cy Young. DeGrom is different because he's not hurt. But Syndergaard is such a track record of being hurt. I just don't know why Syndergaard is still pitching. He got lit by the Phillies in his last outing, and the Phillies haven't lit anybody in a month. I, I, I don't know if he's hurt. I just don't see what the gain is. It's a home game. I guess they want to draw a crowd. That's all they care about. That's why I don't, know, I don't know they call that lit. I mean, it wasn't a good outing, but it wasn't like he was. You know. He gave up. Didn't Syndergaard give up like double? Uh, let me look. He I want to make sure I get it right. Two homers and four innings. He whiffed seven, or no, he whiffed six. He did not look good. <laughs> no, I know. I, I wasn't. I wasn't impressed by it. But the point being, all right, just... I'm thinking of the outing, the, the Phillies outing a couple of weeks ago, where he gave up 12 hits and five walks yes. in six and two thirds. That wasn't pretty. And I was yes. watching that outing, th- and he won the game because they scored lots more runs. Right. He gave up 17 hits plus walks in six and two thirds, and I'm thinking, and he went well over 100 pitches. Why would you do that anyway? I, I this is the one thing I'm I'm a little unsure about, and I got to ask you this. Why are you so big on closing down shop? Because I mean, only no, it's, something it's, bad can happen. Only only bad things can happen to a pitcher. But, in the but final only week bad of things September. can happen to any of these guys. And and one of the problems is that I mean, yeah, it's expanded rosters, but you're still looking at a forty man roster. In some cases, there just isn't the personnel in order to fill the games. And what kind of a message does that send if you're just going to tell your better players like this who might be working up their their? Are you their, kidding me? 
What? You want to talk about messages with the Mets organization? I, 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 I understand what you're saying. And it's one thing to shut down, you know, you're not shutting down Corey Kluber because he's pitching in the playoffs. But with a guy with an injury history like Syndergaard's, I just don't know why you would throw him out there with any chance of rain whatsoever, which there might be, there will be actually. I, I, why would he even go to 100 pitches anymore? I mean, it but just I'm with make you on sense. that. I mean, like, if you want to keep him on a pitch count, if it rains, if you want to scratch him, I'm completely on board with that. But if the guy says he's healthy, why not try to get him a few more innings in order to try to build him up more for next season? This is kind of like the Masahiro because Tanaka thing a few years back. I don't believe in building up for next season. They don't get to spring training until late February. I don't think anything that happens in the final week of September to a starting pitcher can help him for next year whatsoever. Only something bad can happen with an injury. Nothing good I, can happen. I get it. One no thing, we definitely disagree on that. I'm very big on ramping up and ramping down. I'm not big on right. this, you know. I, I don't think Jason Vargas needs confidence going into the next year, okay? He just, it's not confidence. Gone. It's not confidence. That's not the thing. It's that if a guy is healthy right now, unless it's a matter of you have already feel like he's fatigued, why are you shutting him down? Like there's nothing. I think they're that... all fatigued. I think all these pitchers are fatigued. So we should shut down the whole Mets rotation. Well, not Vargas because he's not part of their future. But I, I, you know, I see your point. I just, if Syndergaard were to get hurt this week, can you imagine if he if he yes, like, cares that's fair. UCL? That's fair. They, they better be doing their due diligence. They better be doing okay. their due diligence. I'm with you with that. Briefly to get through the schedule, Wednesday is another doubleheader on ESPN. It's the Brewers and the Cardinals. That's a big game, huge series. Chassin and Gant, you want Chassin for that. And then Dodgers and uh, Diamondbacks again. Ross Stripling, who's not going deep enough into this game to help you in fantasy, so do not use Ross Stripling. Zach Greinke for Arizona. You know, kind of up and down the past couple of weeks. ESPN Plus has Phillies at Rockies. Philly just got swept at the Braves. This one could be even worse. Uh, Nick Pavetta and Herman Marquez, who is a strikeout monster now. And I can't rank him in my top 20 for next year, but i got to at least consider him. With all those strikeouts, but where do you want them anyway? I you know I can't make them top thirty. Okay. Have I ever had a Rocky? I mean, wouldn't you have Kyle Freeland over Herman Marquez anyway? Uh, no. Don't we have to? I wouldn't. No, no. Because of the strikeouts, Kyle yeah. Freeland just finished the season with a sub three ERA. It's the best season in Rockies history for a starting pitcher. Marquez has phenomenal stuff that I believe in year over year, and I have for a very long time. Uh, Freeland. Right. I'm, I'm giving Freeland a good and generous ranking, and you and I have both talked about that. We should. It's just I think Marquez's ceiling is higher. All right. Well, that's uh, yeah, I'll agree with that. Today's hash browns are brought to you by Hims. Sixty-six percent of men lose their hair by age thirty-five. The thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, I'm told it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you have lost. So why do guys? Turn to weird solutions or just do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science. The solution is 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and other wellness supplements for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name brands of prescriptions to help you keep your hair. No snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. Prescription solutions backed by science. No waiting room. No awkward doctor visits. You can save hours by going to 4 It's so easy. Answer a few quick questions. Doctor will review and prescribe you the products that will suit you best. And products are shipped directly to your door. So order now. Fantasy Focus Baseball listeners get a trial month of Hims for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or pharmacy. Go to 4 slash FFB. That's 4 F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash F-F-B. 
4hims.com slash FFB. Okay. Hash brown time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, don't go, don't go too far. Um, let's see here. What do I want to look for? I want to go on to Twitter. <laughs> All right. I still love how I found out the name and the artist of that song. I didn't realize it had an actual name. The, the, the lady with emphysema? No, no, no. The, the Oh Yeah song. Oh, that song. <laughs> yeah. Which is fitting because it's a, I, I see that one of the questions on the Hash Browns is about the Cubs. So it's fitting that, you know, there was a Cub game in the movie that featured that. Um, thanks to all the people that have been tweeting us all week saying thanks for the great fantasy baseball advice this summer. Here's Jared saying I was able to capture my first fantasy title this year with all the great advice. Thank you, Jared. And uh, good luck in your basketball and hockey leagues as well. They're starting up soon, you know, and they you can play it on ESPN. I'm in the middle of a hockey draft right now. We have fantasy basketball mock drafts every Thursday. That season is starting up. The draft kit is already up with the rankings. Football is finishing up week number three. Check out the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. They do it daily. You can watch the guys and the gal. Um, so that's cool stuff there. Um, let's see here. Here are some questions. Andrew, I'm hanging in there for the dynasty value of Ian Happ and Kyle Schwarber. And what is the value of Austin Riley, the Braves' prospect third baseman? Let's get to Happ and Schwarber here. Who would you rather have in a dynasty format, Happ or Schwarber? Schwarber. Now, Schwarber is guaranteed power, and he figured out how to not hit his weight, so that's good. Although, well, his Do weight's you know how he did it? Mo- well, he's swinging. It's most of these guys. Baez, too. They swing at the right strikes now. It's not, amazing how that happened. Well, Hap, Hap, actually, the chase rate was decent, but he's got Hap's a lot of still swings. still bad at that. Yeah, no, he's a lot their chase rates were actually pretty close. What it is is the the swing and miss, including within the zone. I'm going to have to look at what the rate is for that this season, but it's got to be quite high. Uh, Schwarber, a significant drop-off in the chase rate. He's not chasing anywhere near as many bad pitches, and the swinging strike rate is a career high. So can we say that the ceiling for Kyle Schwarber is a 270 average and 35 homers next year? Um, The ceiling? Yes, I, I'm fair. I'm fine with that. In fact, I, I can see him hitting more home runs than that. 270-40? Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if he gets there. That's a fair... That's... Yeah, I don't know that he does either. It's just that that when you look at something like this, if if uh, this trend continues, that kind of tips the scale to the point the batting average could make a huge rise. Um, talking about Riley, he's a 21-year-old. He's a triple-A Gwinnett right now. 12 home runs over 75 games. Um, not a lot of plate discipline. So he's not a big walker, but there's power there. And he could be the third baseman next season, maybe like by May. Camargo's playing there right now. Man, that Braves lineup. Even now, it's a crazy good lineup. Um, and then you assume some some of the players, like Ozzy Albies after April, not great, but still a good player. Um, maybe Inciarte gets moved because Acuna can play center field. Swanson still not making great strides. Some power. But not a whole lot of plate discipline, not what we thought he would be. I mean, certainly, I mean, he was the first pick and Bregman was second, and they're like night and day. Um, Riley, is he on your, like, top ten list of prospects to keep an eye on next year, or is he still far from that? Kind of ballparking, I'd say he is, because I want to play the optimist's role. The problem I have with Riley is, and 
we just said a second ago you shouldn't be thinking about roles and, and situations, but Johan Camargo is not that bad a player. And no. he's he's got to have a position somewhere. So, like, are, are the Braves going to look at him as a future shortstop if Dansby Swanson doesn't work out? Because I, I feel like he's exposed defensively at short where he's not so much at third base. Jeremy has a question. Do you expect closers like Asunia and Kimbrell will be used sparingly down the stretch because their teams have clinched? Um, do you think they'll be a good source of saves? Fair question. In fact, wasn't there something going on last night on Twitter where a guy was tweeting us saying it, he he need, needed Kimbrell to basically not pitch and he would win his league? And Actually, yeah, two leagues. As a matter of fact, one that I'm in where they were looking at third and fourth place hinged on whether Kimbrell pitched in this game and did anything. And yeah, you're right. One, he had a one-point lead. I'll actually dig it up while we're doing that. Uh, one-point lead, and he needed Kimbrell not to pitch in the game. And in the league at home, the points league, my brother was trying to hold off the competitor behind him. And if Kimbrell had gotten a save, he would have been in trouble. He would have probably dropped to fourth. <laughs> how, In your recollection, how do clinch teams handle closers? They still get save opportunities, but the Braves didn't do that yesterday. Um, like, what do you think happened? I mean, I, th- I think Kimbrell will be on a normal workload this week. He'll never pitch in the eighth inning, but they're not. it's not spring training. They're not going to throw him into a fifth inning 4-4 game either. Right. I, I don't think that they do any dramatic changes. I haven't done, like, a thorough research. Pro- and I'm using like all the time. Oh, I hate myself again. Uh, they don't. I haven't done any sort of thorough research thing on what is done in that final week, but I would imagine that the only changes. They're not going to excessively lean on a player pitching a day after having thrown a decent number of pitches. I would say that the the Red Sox would ideally hope to have Kimbrel pitch out of six days every other day exactly and not in between. I think they're going to both pitch. I mean, would you? I couldn't bench them. Could you? No, I'd have a hard time benching them. Unless I just bench all closers. Like I have a league where I right. saves is done. So but I that's con- that's the league context coming into play. So I right. don't think that has anything to do but with if you the need use saves, of the player. Like, to, to bench Kimbrel for, like, Razel Iglesias, no, I can't do that. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, Closet A's fan. Uh, won my head-to-head rotor league thanks to these guys, but can only keep two of them. Trey Turner in the first round. Machado in the first round. Bregman for a third. Yelich for a fourth. Javier Baez for a ninth. Or should I try to package two of these guys for Altuve, Mookie, or Trout? Well, Baez in the ninth stands out here because he's going in the second round next year. And um, so he's he's definite if you're keeping two of these guys. I mean, isn't, isn't it Yelich and Baez? It's the guys that don't cost you top three picks. You're going to have to go one by one with these because I'm looking for so many different things. And for some reason, well, you're not keeping not Trey list. Turner and Machado. Give me the, the, give me the round rounds. Picks. Let's let's do a yes, no on them. Turner in round one, no. Machado no. in round one, no. Bregman around three, yes. that's great. Yelich around four, that's great. Yes. Baez around nine, that's yes. greater. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, and it's we need probably, two. Yeah, it's probably... Actually, I can make a case for Baez and Bregman, but Baez has to be one of them. I'm throwing Baez back. In the ninth round? Oh, no, 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 no. I thought Baez was the fourth. Oh, Yelich is the fourth. Uh, ooh, Yelich or Bregman? Bregman in the third, Yelich in the fourth. I think you take the middle infield multi-eligibility and go Brad. I agree with you. Both middle infielders. Um, here's Ryan. I can keep four of these guys forever, but I need to cut one. Vlad Jr., Nolan Arenado, Ozzy Albies, Mookie Betts, and John Carlos Stanton. Who do I cut? You're not cutting Vlad. You're not cutting Mookie. You're not cutting Arenado. So it's Albies or Stanton. It doesn't have to be Albies in a keeper league? 
that you keep? You're cutting yeah. Stan. Yeah, you're I, cutting Stan. Why is that so terrible? It's not. It's not terrible. I mean, how old is Stan? Let's get it right. I want to make sure. I don't want to he's say. Not, he's, he's not. He's not old. Too. He's not old. No, he's not. But I mean, he's not even thirty yet. But the, I mean, are we looking at Albie's run? What if Albie's is Albie's power? Did what he hit three home runs after the break? I think the worry with Albie's is that is he Jason Kipnis or is he Francisco Lindor? That's that's really smart. You're right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Is if I mean uh, taking the injuries aside, if Albies is just a 16 home run second baseman who doesn't steal a ton of bases, he only stole 13 bases this year and 16 chances. But he's 21. Isn't he going to get better? Yeah, I would think so. And I mean, the reason I bring up Lindor is not so much that I'm saying I think Albies I see a 30 homer path in his future. It's that I didn't see that for Lindor either. And in today's environment, what if? I mean, Albies did show us some things. We talked about this early in the year, that he did show he could inject some power into his game where we didn't think it existed. I I think I'd take the chance on that. If Albies did turn himself... Let's say Albies turns himself into an annual 25 homer hitter, that's a win over Stanton for me. I think Stanton will never have another year like last season. I think that's an obvious thing to say. This has not been a bad year for Stanton. It hasn't. It's been, I mean, he's given you what you wanted to get. 35 homers, 93 ribs, 260. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's a lot closer to good Chris Davis. Well, I mean, Chris Davis has 45 and 119. Like, standing on the player radar, I mean, if we told people where he ended up, like, they wouldn't be happy, right? <laughs> Let me get this right. Because, because Stan is not, has he been worth that top pick? I don't think so. I don't is think he, so. I, he is I, the I, number 30 hitter. He is the number 30 hitter on the player radar for the season. After David Peralta, after Mitch Hanniger, after Michael Brantley among outfielders. That's and i got to ask this. Wrong. When it comes to, to evaluating the quality of a season, putting aside the final player radar number, if a guy starts really, really disappointingly... And I, I mean, maybe Stan didn't start horribly, dis- but it was a disappointment. And you fall behind, and you start to make decisions based on those things, and you start to play catch-up. It alters your strategy. Does that not come down as a criticism of the player just a little bit? You know, I I think when we evaluate players in the sum of their season, we don't look at the, the streaks too much. Like, Matt Carpenter's going to end up hitting, like, 40 home runs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have a tough time being mad about his first six weeks, even but, if I'd cut him. But the fact that he was so bad and we did have to start asking the question, like the Brian Dozier year the year before, where we were saying, oh, man, this just looks like a nightmare and I guess we got to get out. We, I know we asked that question. I remember it coming up. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah Some no, gave up we, on him. I, Some yeah, gave up people on gave him. up on it, Carpenter. It has, I, it I has mean, a, was... a, an impact on people, the way they think and the way they strategize. And I think that is a, that deserves to be a criticism, even if it's just a tiny little shred of that player's season. It's it's fair. Stanton number thirty in the player radar. Ozzy Albie's number thirty-seven among hitters. Oh, one I'll, of them should be getting better. I'll give you another one. Where's Chris Sale on the player radar? He's got to be pretty high up there. I'm going to dig it up right now. No, I'm looking at it right now. He's the number eight starting. He's the number eight pitcher, and two guys ahead of them are closers. So he's the number six starting pitcher. He's still ahead of Corey Kluber, Garrett Cole, Bauer, Corbin. Mm-hmm. He still did great, and he missed six starts. But when we're looking and had at an abbreviated it, one. 
even yeah. though the numbers say that the that the, the full earnings based on just that stat line are what they are here, can't the case be made that Corey Kluber and Garrett Cole were the definitively more valuable players than Chris Sale this year because they gave you something now when it really counted. There were periods of time over the past month where you couldn't trust Chris Sale. And to me, there, that, that has a little bit of weight. And, and you can look at it the other way, which is Chris Sale did as much as Kluber and Cole did and gave you a, a, a month to find another pitcher. You could exactly. have added, yep. yep. you know, who's an available guy that you could have added, you know, for a couple starts. I yep. don't know. Yep. Herman Marquez, if he was still available in your league somehow. I mean, I don't know. A relief pitcher that got you a couple saves. So there was an opportunity cost of Sale missing that time and putting up all those numbers in five months instead of six like the other guys. Also, in the You're league, right. I, I, you got to look at other things. In the league where you yeah. could have DL'd him as opposed to, for example, the office league, you maximized the use of Chris Sale's absence if you could put him on a DL spot. And in the office league, not so much. So that's why when we say the, the phrase league context, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's about roster spots, not individual players to some degree. You needed your number one pitching slot to put up certain numbers. Sale plus three weeks of, I don't know, I don't, well, if I say that name, you'll bark. Um, no, say it, say <laughs> plus, it. Like Edwin Jackson, like oh. even like a couple. All right, that's a terrible example. Sale plus three <laughs> weeks of. I know. Of, yeah, um, <laughs> no, you know, Trevor yeah, Williams is still out outings. there. Yeah. Trevor yeah. Williams is probably a bad example because he's been so great. I'm trying to find somebody in between. All right. Felix uh, Payne. Yeah. A... Okay. Yeah, it might have hurt you more than you helped you, but yeah, you're right. Payne had a pretty decent run here for, for six starts or so. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, what else do we have here? Um, Zach writes in, let's say he's only a hitter. What type of stat line is Otani produce in 450 at bats? I think I said that. 25, 25, 80, and maybe 12 steals. Is that fair? It might be a lot of RBI just based on that number of PAs, but I like where you're going with the, the impact of the stats. Uh, the batting average. What's he going to hit? Is he 260? Is he 280? Is he maybe better than that? And I mean, I'm probably going to throw a projection of 270 on my sheet. Yeah, I think 270 is fair. But I, I think he, I think he'll hit lefties fine. Maybe not as great as, you know, a lot of lefty hitters do. But let's see what he did against him this year. He'll he, be an everyday player. That's the thing. Like we didn't get to see Otani play every day as a hitter. So when right. he does that, would that take some of the effectiveness away, or would that help him? Obviously, in the counting stats, he would do more, but it might hurt his batting average, playing every single day because he'll be more tired. Right. He'll face more lefties. He faced so a lot case- of lefties this year. He had 100 PAs against them. He had a 213 average, a 33% K rate, and 146 isolated power. I, I think there's room for it was, growth. It was odd. <laughs> it was an odd season. I mean, and look, we don't even know who the manager's going to be. So that's another thing to think about. That's going to mm-hmm. be a team with another manager, just like Texas is. I'm sure there'll be other teams that move on from their managers, and that could affect, you know, where he bats in the lineup, Otani never really hit ahead of Trout, I don't think. Maybe next season he bats second and Trout bats third. Or maybe that's reversed. Maybe mm. Otani gets to steal 25 bases. I think he has it in him. Yeah, he does have. I don't know if he's brittle. Does have underrated you know? speed, yeah. Terrific. What an athlete. I mean, fantastic player. To say I was wrong about him, I mean, look, if I see a guy, if John Carlos Stanton struggles in March and bats, you know, 050. Okay, we're not going to overrate that for April. He has a track record in Major League Baseball. Otani in March was terrible. Couldn't hit anything. 
couldn't had no command of his fastball, and then season starts and he's fantastic in both. It's amazing to me, like the adjustments he made over like the final weekend of, of March to right. become a fantastic player. So we got fooled by him. It was almost as if he shut down his, his quality stuff at the end of spring training. So he was sort of like fooling all of us, and yeah, it was all there all the time. But but I gotta but ask. The point what? is like. If, if, if Steven Piscotti doesn't hit in, in March or German Marquez doesn't pitch well in March, we don't get too worried. That's my point. Okay. But why would you, why would you describe it as we were wrong on him? I'm, I'm not quite sure that's true. Actually, I'm quite certain thought, that's not true. Did you think Otani was going to put up these numbers? Come on. Well, now, I thought pitching wise, no, yes. but not hitting. I, I, I thought as a pitcher, he would be what he was. A 330 ERA, 116 whip. I thought injuries were the biggest reason to avoid him, and I was right. But on the hitting side, did I think 20 home runs and 9 steals? And no way. I thought, like, half of each. But but we also wouldn't have had a Tommy John... Well, I mean, a path to a soon-to-come Tommy John surgery on his 2018 projection sheet. So... From the injury perspective, we underrated that risk. I think when you look at these numbers here, they, if you if you throw them all into the blender, actually these aren't far off from where we were projecting and ranking him. Okay, I, just, well, I mean he, he got see, there. He got there a different way. Uh, he's so much better a hitter than I thought he was. I thought he'd contribute, I, I agree but with not that. like this. All right, we are done for today. Thank you so much for listening to Fantasy Focus Baseball. We've enjoyed it. We're not done. We're coming back on Thursday, and we're going to preview the final weekend of the season. And um, I'm sure we're going to have lots to discuss there. We'll be looking ahead. So get your um, get your tweets in. I mean, I can tell you right now because I'll read plenty of them on Thursday's show. Uh, we'll be more looking ahead to next season, keeper thoughts, um, maybe comparing players, uh, stuff like that. But also for the final weekend, do you want to start Luis Severino if he's on the schedule for Saturday or Sunday? We'll get to that as well and other things. So thank you so much to Anthony and to Tristan. I am Eric. Have an awesome couple of days. Everything is awesome. Darkness. The theme song for the Fantasy Focus was created and performed by Eric Hutchinson. Check out more of his music at erichutchinson.com. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Focus. For more great podcasts, log on to the iTunes Music Store or Pod Center at ESPNRadio.com.